Today I want to continue a series that we started a couple weeks ago. Um, and the series title is this, God's Conversion Ratio. God's Conversion Ratio. Now some of you guys, you love math. And so for the last few uh, Sundays, I've been teaching you a little math ratio. You're welcome. How many of you, yeah, some of you guys like math. How many of you guys like math? Raise your hand if you like math. Yes, you guys are blessed. I hate it. How many of you guys hate math? Anybody hate math? Yes, my friends, thank you. Well, for the last few weeks, we've been looking at this feed conversion ratio. And cattle, if you own cattle or if you raise cattle or you got a feedlot or a starter lot, if you own cattle or any of that stuff, then you've probably heard of this feed conversion ratio. And let me explain it real quick, and then we're going to dive in. If you have a 7 to 1 ratio, that means you have 7 pounds of feed, which equals 1 pound of gain as far as pounds go on a steer, right? Are you with me? Everybody with me? You know, shake your head like this. This means, yes, we're with you. Um, And so 7 to 1 ratio, 7 pounds of feed equals 1 pound of gain. So let's say this 7 pounds of feed costs 12 cents a pound. All right? So you got 7 pounds of feed going into that steer, and it's costing you 12 cents a pound. That equals 84 cents. That's the cost of the feed. Okay? But. The gain is one pound per seven pounds of feed. So you got one pound, but that one pound, guess how much it's worth? Right here's the answer. Say it with me. $2.25. Okay, so the gain is worth $2.25. So if you take the gain minus the cost equals $1.41 in value. Now you say, well, what's what's the point there? Well, here's the point. The gain is always more valuable than the cost. Are you with me? I know we have some new people. Some of you guys, you've heard this for two or three weeks in a row, but we've got a lot of new people, and so I want to explain it to them. Because here's the truth. The gain is always more valuable than the cost. And you say, well, what's that, what's that look like in, in, in spiritual you know, terms? Well, spiritually speaking, we've learned that in God's conversion ratio, I mean, God has a conversion ratio, right? In God's conversion ratio, guess what? The gain is always more valuable than the cost. You say, well, what does it cost to to experience God's gain? Number one, we learned that it costs you your heart, right? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna experience God's gain, you gotta give him your heart. In other words, you gotta turn your heart from yourself and say, I'm gonna turn it toward God. The second thing it's gonna cost you is everything else. Now, again, some of you guys are like, what? I mean, it's going to cost me everything? Yes. Jesus says that I want everything that you have. I want your family. I want your house. I want your cars. I want your money. I want your kids. I want all that stuff. And and guess what? When we give it to him and we say, okay, it's all yours, guess what he does? He converts it into gain. So you say, well, what does it cost? Well, it costs us our heart and it costs us everything else. But you say, well, what's the gain? When we give him our heart, what's the gain? The gain when we give him our heart, guess what? It's eternal life. (laughs) It's eternal life. And you say, well, what else is the gain? When we give him everything that we have, what else is the gain? The gain is this, abundant life. It's abundant life. You say, I don't know if I want to give everything that I have to Jesus. Guess what? You are missing out on the abundant life that he has for you because you've not given the things that he gave you in the first place back to him. Does that make sense? 
And so the gain is always more valuable than the cost. Here's what I believe. I believe that in many of your lives, guess what? I believe that for many of you, you have grown more in the last four or five years. God's used our church to grow you more in the last four or five years. And because of that, you, you've learned that the gain of following Jesus is so much better than not. Right? I mean, some of you guys, you know, that's been a new revelation. Many of you have got, given your heart to Jesus in the past five years, and you've grown more in your life than you ever have because you've given Jesus everything that you have. And so here's the thing. You've experienced the gain of pleasing Him. Now, you say, well, Bo, I, I've done that, but guess what? It's not been easier than my life before. And can I tell you, that's why it costs something. <laughs> The greatest things that we have in life aren't free, right? I mean, think about it. The things that I get for free, the things that I give my kids for free, guess what? They don't appreciate as much, right? They may tear it up, not take care of it as much. But the things that they've saved their money for and they've invested in and they've given the, paid the price and given the cost, guess what they do? They take care of it. They don't let their brothers play with it, right, Madeline? My daughter's right here. Um, and so, again, the more it costs, the more we probably appreciate that those things. Um, and can I just say this? Those of you that have experienced God's gain in the last four or five years, maybe, or just in the, in the recent future or the recent past, listen, God's not done. He's not done. I mean, God has so much more in store for you. He has more blessings in store for you. He has more provision in store for you. He has more of his presence in store for you. But the truth is, you have not even scratched the surface of what God wants to give you. You say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible tells me. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. It says, no, no eye has what? You say the underlined words. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has Imagine what God has prepared for those who what? Love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no eye, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. And so I'm just telling you, God has more for us and, and his gain is, is unimaginable. But here's the truth. To gain more, guess what? It's going to cost you more. <laughs> To gain more, it's going to cost you more. And we've been looking at this in the last, or I think the last time we met here, we talked about the equine industry, okay? If you're a part of the equine industry, then you're, uh, you have horses, right? Okay? You have horses. Here's what I've learned about raising horses. Horses that practice, listen, horses that practice certain disciplines like stopping. I mean, when you, if you're trained your own horse or you send it off to a trainer, horses that practice certain disciplines like stopping, reining, spins, rollbacks, all those things, guess what? They can become great at a certain discipline or an event. I mean, I've seen horses that have been trained by some great trainers. I've trained a few horses. They've not become great. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I've, I've put a lot into horses and they didn't become squat. But here's the truth. If you will, if, if you will invest in a horse and, it, and it's going to cost you something, it's going to cost you time, money, feed, all those things, it can become great at a certain discipline like cutting you know, calf roping, all those, you know, the, those events or, or disciplines, it can become great at it. And guess what? When they become great at that event, guess what? Their value goes up. I mean, I've seen horses sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars because they were great at certain disciplines. 
And you say, well, what's the point? Well, here's the, here's the application. We too are challenged as Christians, guess what? To, to practice certain spiritual disciplines so that we can become great at following Jesus. Are you with me? Um, but, but the truth is that when we, when we practice certain spiritual disciplines, guess what? The gain is always more valuable than the cost. It's just the truth. Uh, the, the first spiritual discipline that we looked at was uh, the week before last, and it was this. We must practice, number one, we must practice the spiritual discipline of reading God's Word. You say, well, what's that all about? Well, if we will practice reading God's Word, if we will actually read it, and not just you know read it when we're at church, if we will read it, if we will study it, if we will chew on it, and allow the you know nutrients from God's Word to enter into our body and change us, if we will meditate on it, in other words, we will, if we will memorize it or obey it, guess what? The gain is always more valuable than the cost. Are you with me? And you say, well, what's the gain of reading God's word? Well, first off, salvation. Salvation. I mean, you think, well, what's salvation? Well, salvation is, again, Jesus died on a cross so that we can be saved. And if we've read his word and we've learned that, if we've read it ourselves or we've been taught the word of God, guess what? We can experience salvation. It's the greatest blessing, the greatest gain. Would you say, well, what else? If I read God's word, wisdom. I mean, I want to make good decisions. I don't know about you, but we gain wisdom. We make better decisions. We know God's will. We have the strength to say no to temptation. So again, I I believe that this gain is always more valuable than the cost. I mean, just like, you know, in the movie uh, Dances with Wolves. How many of you guys have seen that movie Dances with Wolves? I like it when they say, that's a good trade. That's a good trade. That's a good trade. Remember? I believe that it's a good trade when you obey God and you say, okay, I'm going to read his word daily. I'm going to give him 20 minutes and then he pours into your life and you gain so much more. That's a good trade. Today, I want to look at another spiritual discipline that costs us something, but, but I'm telling you, the gain is, is more valuable than the cost. Number two is this. We must practice the spiritual discipline of prayer, of prayer. Now, I want to illustrate this. Um, I've got a medicine bottle right here, um, and and here's the thing: um, medicine is not cheap. Some of you guys own cattle, and you're like, man, I I, I buy medicine all the time, and, and it's not cheap. But I want to give you another conversion ratio uh, this morning. I want to show it to you on the chalkboard. We're going to Mr. Haig's class today. Ready? So let's say let's say I have a bottle of Baytrol, and many of you guys maybe not you don't know what Baytrol is, but it's an antibiotic that you would give a calf if it was sick. But this let, let's let's look at this. Uh, a bottle of Baytrol cost a hundred and thirty-five dollars a bottle. Okay, hundred and thirty-five dollars a bottle. Now, if I it, let's say I take that bottle, and that bottle has two hundred and fifty cc's of medicine in it. Okay, if I divide that one thirty-five by two fifty, guess what it equals? Can anybody do that in your in your mind? Come on, mathematicians, you geniuses! Forty, or I mean, excuse me, fifty-four cents a cc. Are you with me? 54 cents a cc. So if I have a four-weight calf, that calf weighs 400 pounds, right? I'm going to give that 400-pound calf, let's say, 20 cc's of that Batril, okay? So 20, if you take 20 cc's or 20 times uh, 54 cents, it equals, can anybody do that one in your head? 1080. See, we got geniuses. 
You guys are awesome. $10.80. That is the cost to keep that calf alive. Are you with me? Some of you guys are looking at me like, I've never heard this stuff in my life. But here's the thing. That one four-weight calf, it weighs 400 pounds. Again, guess what? Guess, guess how much that, that, that calf is worth a, a pound? Right over here. Remember this? $2.25. So $2.25, if you go 400 times $2.25, guess what that equals? Anybody? $900. Here's the point. The gain is always worth the cost. If I'm going to keep that calf alive and I, I've got to administer and it's expensive, $10.80, you give them too many shots, you know, very many shots, it's going to add up. But listen, if I can give that calf $10.80 worth of medicine, I can gain a value of a little bit less than $900. Are you with me? But here's the thing about it. The medicine is only valuable if I administer it. Listen. The medicine, if I don't give it to the calf, if I just buy it, right? I spend $135, I put it in the fridge, and then I never give it to him, and I go, that calf's sick, man. See you later. You know, I'm not going to rope that one or doctor that one, and, and I don't actually give it to the calf. Guess what? It's no good. It's the same way with prayer. Listen, prayer is the medicine. If you will... If you will administer the power of prayer on the sick areas of your life, guess what? God has an opportunity to heal you, to use you, to move in your life. But if you go, hey, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do this thing on my own. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I can do. And I don't need God or I don't need to pray to him. Listen, you will never experience the gain that he has in store for you. You'll never do it. So just like medicine doesn't work if you don't give it to a calf, prayer doesn't work if you actually don't do it. Now, some of you guys are like, man, I do it when I need it, right? Well, I'm just telling you, the more that you pray when, when things aren't bad, the better that your life will be. Sometimes we go, man, life's, you know, all hell's breaking loose in my life. And then we go to God and we say, hey, help me out here. But, it, but again, you're going to learn today that to have prayers that are actually answered, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. Here's the truth. The prayer opens God's, it opens the gates of God's blessing in our lives. Look at Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Look at it with me. It says, so I say to you, what? What's the A word? Ask, and it will be what? Given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who, what? asks receives the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open and so again jesus says hey hey just ask me i mean ask me ask me what you need ask for what you need and then i will provide what you need now some of you guys are like dang right man all i gotta do is ask god for a million bucks and he's gonna give it to me mm, probably not if he does, please tithe on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we're trying to build a building. But here's the truth. You say, you say hey, you know, I, I'm going to ask for, you know, all this stuff and God's going to give it to me. No, listen, it's going to cost you something to get your prayers answered. You ready? You say, well, what's the cost? Here's the cost. You ready? You got to trust him. Even if he doesn't answer your prayer, you still got to trust him. You got to trust him before he answers your prayer. You got to say, okay, God, I don't know what you're going to do here, but I trust you. 
Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Listen to what it says. It says this. It says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, what? Submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Again, you've got to say, okay, God, I have all this stuff. I have all this stuff that I think I need and I want. I'm opening my hand and I'm trusting you with it. I'm trusting you with my kids, my job, my family. I'm trusting you with everything. You say, what's the cost for having my prayers answered? Trust is, is, is number one. Here's the second thing, being humble. Being humble. Look at Second Chronicles 7.14. It says this, if my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You see what it's saying? We have to humble ourselves. Now, I know some of you guys are tough men in here. I know some of you guys are salt-of-the-earth men, and that's what we love. We love the salt-of-the-earth man, but here's what I've experienced with a lot of men, at least, and I know women deal with this as well. Here's what we think. I don't need Jesus. I don't need that crutch. Prayers for the weak. I can do this myself. I can accomplish this myself. I can overcome this sickness in my life myself. I can, I can win this war myself. Can I just tell you, if, if you feel that way, if you feel like it's weak to pray, guess what? Call me weak all you want. Because <laughs> I'm praying. I, I do not give a flip what you think. I'm going to get on my knees before God and I'm going to say, God, I can't handle this. You know why? Because I need all the help I can get. And when I humble myself and I say, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't overcome this on my own. Then he, he pours his power into my life. But when I go, hey, my pride, I'm not doing squat. You're a crutch. Then he goes, I right. Just like that. He goes, I right. <laughs> He goes, I, I, I want to give you my power, but you're, you're, you're not humble. You say, what else does it cost? It costs living a righteous life. Again, so many people, they come to me and I, hey, hey, Bo, you know, I prayed this prayer and I did what you told me to do and what the Bible says to do, but God seemed to not hear it. He seemed to not answer it. And here's my question to those people. And I have to ask myself this as well. Am I living a righteous life? In other words, am I living a life that honors God? Not a life of perfection, but a life of desire to please Him. No matter if I fail or not, if I'm desiring to please Him, and I'm reading God's Word, and I'm obeying God's Word, guess what? He says He will answer your prayers. It, the prerequisite is we have to live a righteous life for him. I mean, look at Proverbs fifteen twenty nine. It says this, The Lord is what? Far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. So you go, man, I don't know if God's hearing my prayers. Are you righteous? Are you living for him? I mean, is, is your desire to please him? Again, not be perfect. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned. But listen, you have to live for him, for his power to be shown in your life. It's just a prerequisite. You say, what else does it cost, Bo? It, the, you know, you have to, here's the fourth thing. You have to pray according to his will. Right? 
I mean, you have to pray according to his will. First John five fourteen says this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, what's the words? According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we what? Have what we asked of him. And so we have to pray according to his will. Listen, it may be my will It may be my will to get this or to have this dream come true or get that job or, you know, you know, make this amount of money or whatever it is. But listen, if it's not God's will, I don't want it. Here's the here's can I just I'll let you in on a secret. You don't want. You don't want anything that's not God's best. You don't want it. I'm just telling you, I've experienced in my own life where the things that I said, that God said, hey, that's not my best for you. And I said, hey, I want it anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Guess what? I didn't win. I didn't win in that situation. It, 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 all hell broke loose in that situation. I was miserable in that situation. You know why? Because it wasn't according to his will. And so listen, when you pray, the prerequisite, the cost is you have to pray according to his will. Here's what else, and I'm, I'm done with the cost or the bad part, right? I mean, well, let's get to the gain, but here's what else it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. In other words, you don't just, you know, put a popcorn prayer up and go, hey, God, I'm, I'm in trouble here. Help me. Trouble here. Trouble. No, you actually get up early, maybe in the morning or after, at night before you go to bed and you actually spend time, 20 minutes a day, maybe just reading God's word and praying. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you time. The last thing that it's going to cost you is this. You're going to have to listen. <laughs> How many of you guys... It was your, you, like when you were growing up, you know, your biggest downfall was you never listened. Amen. Thank you for being honest. We don't have a bunch of liars in the church today. We got honest people today. But here's the thing. If we will listen to God, we can experience the gain of our prayers. You know what the Bible says in John ten twenty seven? It says this, and Jesus is talking, my sheep, what? They listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. So there's the cost right? You say, okay, Bo, I do all those things. And you say, what's the gain? What's the gain if I do all those things? Here's the gain. You ready? Number one is this. God opens doors. He opens doors. I mean, look at the scripture in Luke, Luke nine uh, or Luke 11 verses nine and 10 again. It says, so if you ask, or so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find what? What's the K word? Knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who what knocks the door will be opened you say what's the game Bo? i'm going to trust him i'm going to give him the time that i need guess what he's going to do he's going to start opening doors he's going to start opening doors and you say okay Bo, you know i i i deal with a lot of people and they're like i want to know god's direction for my life here's what they say should i should i walk through this door i mean should i marry this person here's my answer ask god some people say well should i move should i take this job here's my answer and they don't like it a lot of times and it's kind of fun but i say ask god because here's the thing, I can give them my opinion and, and again, ask for advice, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if God wants to open the door, he's going to show you that. But you have to ask him. You have to say, God, do you want this door to be open? Here's the other thing, other thing about God or about, about this situation. Sometimes the devil opens doors too. Anybody ever been there? 
Sometimes you think, well, you know, is that God opening that door or is that the devil opening that door? Now, here's the, situ- here's the thing. If you will pray and say, okay, God, show me if this is your door or show me if this is the wrong path for me. Guess what he'll do? He'll show you. You say, well, that's simple. You know, it, it is simple sometimes. And sometimes God reveals his will right there, right then. But sometimes he makes you wait. <laughs> Have you ever been there? I mean, it's like the waiting room to go into the doctor's office. It's not fun. Uh, sorry, doctors. But it's not fun. It's not fun sitting in the waiting room. But here's the other side of this. God, listen, and this is free. God is a jealous God. You ready? If the only way that he can get you to talk to him is for you to be in a situation where you have to depend on him and you have to turn to him in prayer, guess what? He may leave you in that situation for a while. So here's my advice. Pray to him when you're not in that situation. I've learned this. If I will be on my knees before God, then guess what? He doesn't have to take me there. Right? I mean, think about it. If, if, if I'm already on my knees before God and I'm saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your blessing on my life. I need you to intervene in my life. If I'm already here, guess what? He doesn't have to get me to my knees. And guess what? Sometimes he says, son, stand up. Stand up. It's time to go to work. It's time to do what I've asked you to do. And he stands me up. And here's what I've learned. Those who kneel most stand best. They stand best. And so listen, the gain, again, God opens doors when you pray and he closes doors when you pray as well. Here's the other gain. You gain contentment and peace. I mean, we live in a world that is full of stress, anxiety, worry, all those things. But here's the truth. When you pray and you ask God to take those things away or to keep you and guard you from those things, guess what he does? He'll take them away. Again, it's, it's what he does in prayer. You look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says this. Do not be what? Anxious about anything, but in every situation by what? Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the what? Peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You say, Bo, I'm stressed, man. I'm stressed. I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm worried about this situation. Listen, if you will pay the price and get on your knees and humble yourself before God, guess what? He will take away the worry. He'll take away the stress. He'll guard you from it too. He'll not allow that person to get to you that is going to cause you to be stressed out. He'll put something in their path and they'll have to take a different direction. Anybody like that? Anybody? Anybody? I like that. I don't know about you, but I like that. But that's what God does. Here's the, here's, the, here's the other thing that God does. When you pray, guess what? He gives you his best. He gives you his best. Think about this. Psalm 84, 11. Listen to what it says. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord, what? Will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Guess what? When you give God 
your life, when you give him your heart, when you humble yourself before him and you say, okay, God, I can't do this on my own. When you pray according to his will, guess what he says? I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my best. I don't know why I use examples like this, but, but I, I used to, I, I dated some girls before I met my wife. <laughs> See, I always go there. I always go there. But I dated, I dated some girls that, that, you know, before I met my wife, and they were good girls, right? I felt like one of those girls, you know, could have maybe been the one, right? Um, and so I would pray to God. I would say, God, I don't want anything else. I just want her. I just want her. I just want her. And here's what God showed me, and it was plain as day. He said, Bo, I'll give her to you, but you're going to live a life of hell. (laughs) I stepped back and I said, thank you. Thank you for showing me that this girl wasn't the best for me and that this girl, Heather Dawn Robertson, was the best for me. Yeah. Yeah. You say, Bo, how, how did you know that? Guess what I did? I prayed and asked him. I mean, again, a lot of you guys are chasing dreams. You're chasing relationships. You're chasing jobs. You're chasing all these things. And you've not asked God if it's his will. I'm just telling you, you will miss out on God's best if you do not ask him to help you. You'll miss out on it. Can I just give you a challenge? Uh, this is what I want to end with. You ready? I want you to take your phone out, okay? Everybody take your phone out. It's okay to do this in church. Some of you guys are on Facebook already, so you haven't heard a word I said. All. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Here, one of the things you're going to learn in our church is you don't have to, you know, <laughs> if you're a fuddy-dud, you're probably not, you're not going to have fun in our church. If you're a sourpuss, if you've got a corn cod stuck up your butt, you're probably not going to have fun in our church. It's, it, we're going to have fun. We believe that you ought to enjoy Jesus, right? That's the other thing that's different about our church. We've rewritten the word reverence. I believe that God wants us to rejoice for what he's done and to have fun doing it. Amen? So some of you guys need to get a little, you know, Western with me uh, at church. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull up the clock on your phone. If you've got a clock, you know, you go to that little, little clock on your phone. Some of you guys have flip phones. I don't even know if they have clocks. Go to the clock, right? Go to the clock. Some of you guys can do this later. Go to the clock and click on it, right? Now, I want to tell you what I've done. For the last month, I've set an alarm that reminds me to pray, okay? And I set it for 510 p.m. And I set it for 5.10 p.m. because I don't get up at 5.10 (laughs) a.m. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, why 5.10? Well, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Our scripture that leads our church, that gave us our purpose, that actually gave us our name is what? Psalm 50.10 says this. We believe that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And you know what that means? That means we serve a big God. And so I challenge you. Here's the challenge. I I put in my phone at at 5.10 p.m. every day. My alarm goes off and I wrote three things down that I'm going to pray for. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to pray for my kids. I'm going to pray for my mom, my dad, all, all of my family. You know, And I might not pray for them every time, but I may point one kid out and I may pray for my son, Hank, on that day. Okay? Pray for my family. The second thing that I put on there is I pray for our church. 
I pray that God would show up in a major way, that he would allow us to reach more unchurched people, that he would provide everything that we need to perform his will and to do it for his glory. Then the last thing that I pray for, I pray for unchurched people. I pray for unchurched people. And you say, what is that? That's a person that has yet to give their life to Jesus Christ. I ask God, use me to reach more unchurched people today. Use me at the restaurant to reach more unchurched people. Use me in the life of those that don't speak my language. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I go to Ramiro's, right? And I'm trying to speak to Jose, who's washing dishes because we've developed a relationship. We don't know what each other is saying because all he speaks is Spanish. But guess what? He gives me a hug. Right? And I'm like, no speak Spanish. He's like, no speak English. But guess what? I don't, he may know Jesus and I hope he does. But guess what? I pray for him. I pray for that, that person at the, at the table across from us that looks miserable and looks like they just, you know, they've got a hangover or they've, you know, whatever. And I pray for them and I go, God, use me to reach that person. I'm just telling you, God will answer those prayers. You need to be ready. I mean, I, I met a guy at a rodeo a few years ago. His, and he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't ask, he wouldn't mind if I said it. His name's Emilio. And Emilio has been in prison. Emilio has tattoos everywhere. And I love tattoos. I'm getting one this week. Some of you guys are like, dang it, I'm not coming back here. I waited 40 years. It's time. Emilio has a teardrop tattoo. He's done drive-bys, all this stuff. And I, and I saw him at a rodeo one time and, and I smiled at him because <laughs> I didn't want him to beat me up. <clears throat> Emilio started coming to our church. You know what Emilio said to me? He said, he said this. He said, the reason, that I, the reason that I came to your church is because you smiled at me. And I said, because I was scared of uh, crap. I mean, I was scared <laughs> like crap because I didn't know what you did cap my cap me or whatever but anyways so so i'm just telling you when you pray for the unchurched guess what god's going to do he's going to put them in your path many of you guys you pray for your unchurched friends all the time i'm just telling you keep it up i prayed for three years for an individual to come to our church a cowboy that i get to ride with and drag calves with and and ride horses with after three years he came to church Gave his life to Jesus and I baptized him in a river. It works. It works. So my challenge to you, and this is the cool thing about it. I know now, those of you that have taken this challenge at some, at some point, whether it's 5.10 or 5.10 in the morning or 5.10 in the afternoon, that you're going to be praying with me. That's awesome. I know that there's 300 and something people, 400 and something people that came to church today. I challenged all 400 of them. I'm hoping 200 of them do it. And at, at 5.10 p.m. or 5.10 a.m., there are hundreds of people praying that God would move in the family's life, move in our church's life, and move in unchurched people's lives. I'm telling you, God's going to change our world, not just Northwest Oklahoma, because we've prayed and we've asked him to do it. So that's my challenge to you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Some of you guys, you didn't, you didn't pull your phone out, and that's okay. Can I just challenge you, though, those of you that didn't do it, would you just commit right now to the Lord just to say, okay, Lord, whatever, I, I'll set the coffee maker at 510. 
I'll set the microwave. I'll set the, the clock by my bed at 510. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to you every morning or every night. Or maybe even both. Can I just challenge you to do that? And nobody's looking around, but can I just, just for, for encouragement to me, would you just mind, nobody's looking around, but would you just mind saying, Bo, if you say, Bo, I made that commitment. I'm going to pray every day at 510 in the morning or in the evening for those things that you've asked me to do. And I may even add some things. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Hundreds of people. Thank you. We are going to change the world through our church, through the power of God and the power of prayer. Teenagers, listen. You're young, but God hears your prayers. Kids, listen. You're young, but God hears your prayers. Young adults, listen. You're still young, but God hears your prayers. Middle-aged adults, you're middle-aged, God hears your prayers. Older adults, guess what? You may be a little old, but God hears your prayers. So don't think that you're too young. Don't think that you're too late. Listen, just pray. Just pray. Allow God to change your life and to change the life of others through your prayers. Some of you guys are here today and you've never prayed to ask Jesus to come into your life. Can I just tell you that's the most important prayer that you'll ever pray? And I want to give you an opportunity right now. You say, well, I don't understand that. I don't understand what it means to be saved. I don't understand the Bible. No, listen, it, you, don't, it, all you, all you, you don't have to understand the whole Bible to understand that Jesus wants to come into your life, forgive you of your sin, and give you a bright future on earth and eternal life in heaven. You don't have to, you don't have to understand the whole Bible to experience that. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. In your heart, maybe you just pray this simple prayer. In your heart. Jesus, I know that you died on the cross for my sins. But more importantly, I know that you rose from the dead. And so Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. Save me from my sin. And be my Lord and Savior. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. Can I just tell you, your life has been changed for eternity. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, you will receive eternal life. And so listen, maybe you just prayed that for the very first time. Again, nobody's looking around, but I want to know so that I can, I can pray for you. So if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you just raise your hand? Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Listen, God is, he's answered my prayers today. He's answered my prayers for every week, man. That somebody would walk in here that doesn't know him and they would give their life to him. And so we, we thank God for that. We praise God for your decision that you've made today. And we celebrate that. And, and here's the thing. We're going to give you some information on how you can begin to grow in your walk with Jesus from this point on. So that you can experience the gain that only comes from God. And so please listen at the end of the service today. But here's the thing. Some of you guys are already Christians. 
But you're not applying the medicine to the illnesses in your life. The situations in your life, you're thinking, well, I'll just do this on my own. I I, I don't need prayer. I don't need God. I don't need all this stuff. I'm just going to do this stuff on my own. I mean, I... You know, my health is failing, but I'm just going to try to overcome this on my own. Now, listen, Jesus wants you to pray to him so that he can provide that healing in your life. He wants you to pray to him so that he can provide that job. He wants you to pray to him so that so that he can provide that spouse, so that he can provide children or whatever your your situation is. He wants to provide for that. But what he says is, hey, just ask me. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, the only time I pray is when I'm in a bind. Can I just challenge you? Make it a commitment. Just like I've said already, 510, you pray every day. Not when you're in trouble, not just for your troubles, but you, maybe you just praise him and say, God, you are good. And you thank him. God, thank you for saving my life. Thank you so much for doing all the things that you've done in my life. Maybe you just praise him the whole time you're praying. Listen, that's my challenge to you. Make time to pray and allow God to show you his game. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. I thank you for all those that came today. Maybe they're here for the first time or the second time. I thank you that they've come and that they've said, man, there's something different about Thousand Hills Ranch Church and and I want to check that out. Lord, I hope that they realize today that that's something different is you. It's your love. It's your acceptance. It's your forgiveness. It's the joy, the, the, the eternal life that only can come through you. And so we give you the glory. It's all about you. And we thank you for using us to reach the world. And we pray that you would continue to do it. Lord, we thank you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bo Haig at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Woodward Livestock Auction. I'm a riding fool who is up to date. I rode every trail in the Lone Star State. I roamed the range in my Ford V8. Yippee, I old tie.